The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Are you becoming the type of person you want to become? Hey, listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And today we're going to be talking about a book we've been really excited to read and finally went ahead and did it, Atomic Habits by James Clear. So this book was written in 2018, and I'm sure you've heard about it. We had heard about it. We've talked about it, but never actually read it. So we decided to take the plunge at the beginning of this year and share with you what we've learned from it. So what we know for sure at this point is this book is a really simple way for you to go about creating the change that you want in your life through small shifts. So James Clear does a really great job of helping us by understanding how the brain works and how we can take an approachable and applicable strategy to changing our lives. Leah, I absolutely loved this book. And to all of our listeners, I hope you get a lot out of today's uh, episode because Leah and I just couldn't wait to share all of the goodness. And we're not even going to be able to share all of it in the next 30 minutes or so. But I remember reading The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg a few years ago and loving it. But you know, for me personally, and I know Leah, we, we felt similarly in terms of the beginning of the year. I think for our listeners, a lot of people know Leah doesn't like New Year's resolutions. I like New Year's resolutions. But it was the beginning of the year. And I really felt like it was a good time to start thinking about what my habits are, what are my healthy habits, what are the habits I want to get rid of, and what are some simple practices that I can put into place. So just thinking about you know, the beginning of a year and setting up for the rest of the year, it just feels like a really good time to have this conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect, you know, thinking about at the end of 2020, you know, all of us are probably having some, you know, some bits of, of challenge in the last year, but also some amount of hope about what's coming in 2021. So yes, I am I am one of those don't like New Year's resolutions people. But what I do like is, is of course, setting up new systems for myself to become a better person. So what I did instead was, you know, I waited and actually for me, January was about reflecting and, you know, thinking about 2020 and the things I'd accomplished. And then what I chose to do was just start this whole new system for myself on the 1st of February. So what he shares is, you know, you can start anything like this on the first of a month, the first day of a week. But for most of us, hope really resides at the beginning of a significant or even just a simple calendar event. So it doesn't have to be the first of the year that you decide to make changes. And Jackie and I just, you know, talking about this this book and as we reflected, um, you know, as we were reading it together, realized what an important exercise it is, as Jackie just said, in looking at the things that you do on a day-to-day basis and really, you know, who you're becoming based on the things that you do. So it's a really reflective way and to actually go about doing this. And for us, it was a little bit different. We were fairly aware of the habits that we had. So for us, this was really about refining. But for someone who's just starting from scratch, this book also has everything you need to start from zero and say, you know, what are the habits that I want to create in my life? Yeah. And Leah, you just mentioned becoming a better person, which 
you know, ordinarily you think about habits and you don't necessarily equate that with becoming a better person. But this is one of the most powerful aspects of the book is that James Clear talks about how tiny improvements. So you think about the title Atomic Habits. So atomic is like the smallest, smallest thing. And then you build that into your habits. It's these micro moments that you do throughout your day, which I love, but that actually make you become a better person, right? It's what you're doing in the present. It's the tiny decisions that you're making. You know, I'm going to not eat that piece of cake and I'm going to have this piece of fruit instead. I'm going to actually put on my running shoes and make it to the gym rather than lay on the couch and watch TV, right? It is the small decisions that we're making in our lives that lead to the person that we want to become. And so we opened up this episode with the question, are you becoming the type of person you want to become? And so when you think about habits, it is really those habits that you embed in your day-to-day that will get you there. Now, as coaches, I love this so much, but who do you want to become? Like, Who is the type of person that could get the outcome I want? You're thinking about the future. You're creating the future and the ideal of who you are and who you want to be rather than focusing just on the end result or just on the goal, which so many of us do. So while this is about habits, it's actually about transforming your life, which is so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about transforming who you are, like your identity, right? In order to transform your life. So it's starting at a really different point, which we're going to talk about. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Jackie and I picked some of the most important things you need to know when it comes to this book. They were some of the most impactful things for us, partially things that we've put into practice. We want to share it with you so you can decide if this is the right book for you, but we can promise you it probably is if you're looking to make some changes in your life. So one of the first things that James Clear talks about that was incredibly important is that most of us are focused on the goals. So as Jackie said earlier, you know, we come up with goals and for our lives or for the new year, and we focus on, you know, buying a new house or moving into a new apartment or losing weight or saving money or getting a new job. What that actually does is it ignores our ability to shift towards making the progress we want to make through systems. So James Clear says very clearly, focus on the systems, forget about the goals. And the systems are really the processes that we design to get where we want to go versus just the focus on the thing that we want. So one great uh, example that he uses, which I really loved, is about the fact that if you were to set up systems as a basketball team around what you would do every single day at practice, you would probably get results even if you weren't sitting around worrying about how you get to the championship or if you get to the championship. So the point is, if you use your systems, you will likely then get the result you want as long as the systems are aligned to the goal. So you can forget the goal, focus on the systems, and really what you're doing is focusing on your process and the effort that you do every single day. One great quote that he says is the goal in any sport is to finish with the best score, but it would be ridiculous to spend the whole game staring at the scoreboard. The only way to actually win is to get better each day. In the words of three-time Super Bowl winner Bill Walsh, the score takes care of itself. The same is true for every area of our lives. If you want better results, forget about setting goals and focus on your systems instead. This is such a critical piece of the book because habits are what formulate your systems. And he talks about commitment 
to that process. Commitment to those habits is what will determine your progress, to, to your point, rather than focusing on the outcome. Um, there's so many things that we want to share, but this is a big takeaway, and we're only going to be able to share a few things today. So one of the biggest things that he talks about very early on in the book, and similar to what I was saying earlier about who you want to become, is really looking at your habits and your goals as your identity. So the goal is for your habit to actually become part of who you are. So he likes to talk about this as the type of person who I am, right? Versus the type of person who wants to be, right? So it's one thing to desire for something. I want to be the type of person who cooks. For the for those of you who listen to our podcast often, you know, Cooking is something I've desired to do for a long time, and finally COVID made me a cook. But rather than saying, I'm the type of person who wants to cook, I can say, I am the type of person who cooks. I am a cook, and I make it part of my identity. And so the goal, again, is to focus on creating habits that become part of my identity versus just creating habits with not actually believing, right? He talks a lot about belief systems and really unraveling those belief systems that you used to have about yourself and then focusing on the belief systems that you want to create. So a quote that he has here is, when your behavior and your identity are fully aligned, you are no longer pursuing behavior change. You are simply acting like the type of person you already believe yourself to be. It's so powerful. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I think he he calls this identity-based outcomes, right? So most of the time when we set a goal, we say, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to run a marathon or whatever it is. In our minds, we might not believe that we're the kind of person who runs a marathon. So when we fail, it's no surprise to us because we never believed we were that kind of person anyway. So what he has us do is, like you said, Jackie, it's shifting away from the goal itself and asking yourself, what would the kind of person who runs a marathon do today? And Jackie, I think you and I both had a, we've had a similar experience when we heard a share or a story about a woman who lost 100 pounds. And all she did was ask the question, what would a healthy person do? And so we both just asked ourselves that, not for, not for weight loss necessarily, but for other things to say, how would a healthy person handle this? And then you do that thing. And what I loved about it is it's the simplest question you can ask. And as long as it's aligned to the kind of person you want to become, it's going to get you to your goal. Definitely. And one thing that James does really well in this book also is that he tells a ton of stories. So the concepts that we're sharing here today, again, not hitting on nearly all of them, but he shares these great stories to really help you understand these concepts and relate them to yourselves, which I, which I think is, is just such, it makes it a quick read. For sure. Yeah, it was it's an incredibly approachable book. So, you know, it's not although there's a lot of interesting sciencey stuff in there, it's not so scientific that you're going to get lost in studies, etc. It really is bringing it back to real life. And most of the stories he shares, I mean, we've been talking about this, you won't forget these examples. And that's part of what helps you really kind of, you know, get these get these habits and get this structure built into your life is just remembering that people have done this before and remembering each of the stories that may relate back to what you want to create. But of course, we are going to talk a little bit about the science now. So as Jackie mentioned earlier, Charles Duhigg wrote a book a few years back as well called The Power of Habit, which also did really well. And what Charles Duhigg shared in this book is the four steps of the habit loop, which James introduces as the precursor to most of his book, which is what he calls uh, the four laws of behavior change. So the four steps of the habit loop are cue, 
craving, response, and reward. This is how our brain creates habits, right? So what happens is we have a cue, right? So our brain sees the possibility of some sort of a reward, right? And it's the cue is based on individuals. So he uses a great example of, you know, if I am a serious gambler and I hear slot machines, I'm pretty likely to use that as a cue to crave going to go play the slot machines. But if I never gamble, I wouldn't even think about that. I wouldn't notice that. And then the craving comes right after the cue. So the craving is really the motivation to change the way that you feel. And it's changing the state of your inner being. So we all chase rewards that shift how we feel about life or about something. And then the response is actually the habit we perform in order to get the reward we want. And then finally, we have the reward. So the reward can be tangible or intangible. It can be that you want to feel better or that you want to you know, make a certain amount of money or get a specific promotion. Whatever it is, it's a thing that you are believing is going to, again, change your internal state. And the end goal of the habit is that it does one of two things. It either satisfies us, so it gives us what we want, or it teaches us what to repeat. So if we get, if we take a habit and say, great, as long as I take care of this cue, craving, response, and reward, and I continue this habit, I'll keep getting what I want, then we're going to repeat that habit for as long as we can. So part of what James Clear is also doing is helping us understand how we can either create good habits or get rid of bad habits by integrating this into these four laws of behavior change that he's pulled from this habit loop that Charles Duhigg created. Yeah. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. If you're interested in the story behind the business headlines, check out Big Technology Podcast, my weekly show that features in-depth interviews with CEOs, researchers, and reformers in business and technology. Hi, I'm Alex Kantrowitz. I'm a longtime journalist, CNBC contributor, and the host of the show. I empty my Rolodex every Wednesday to bring you awesome episodes. So go check out Big Technology Podcast. It's available on all podcast apps. I'd love to have you as a listener. And one of the main things about habits and why they're so helpful and why our brains are wired to make habits, and actually researchers find that 40 to 50% of our day is made up of habits. But one of the reasons why this is so good for us is because habits are automatic for the most part, right? They become automatic. That's what you're trying to do. You're you're trying to instill a practice where you don't have to think about it anymore. Your brain just does it. And so it's really helpful to know the cue, craving, response, and reward from a scientific standpoint to help you understand what makes up a habit. But what James does is he actually says, okay, well, now we understand what a habit is about and how how it will work for us, right? But also remember that sometimes it works against us because your bad habits become automatic too. But what he says is, okay, well, how can we make this actionable, right? What can we actually do to look at our habits and change them? And so he talks about these four laws of behavior change. The book is actually broken down into four chapters, each chapter around one of these laws of behavior change. So the four laws are 
obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. When you are thinking about changing a behavior, what James says is that you need to have all four of these things made possible, all all four of these behaviors, in order for the habit to actually stick. So it's really transforming this habit loop into a practical framework that puts actions behind creating the good habits and getting rid of bad habits. So the questions you would ask yourself, and again, you need all four of these, is how do I make it obvious? Meaning, how do you make it front and center, right? How do you make the habit front and center? How do I make it attractive? What is appealing to this? What is going to make me want to do this habit? How do I make it easy? It has to be something that is potentially automated or can make it that I'm not using too much energy to really hit that good habit. And how do I make it satisfying, right? How does it, how do I make it feel good for me at the end of the day? And we're going to talk a little bit about our own experiences with these four behaviors of change and how we've kind of incorporated them into our own habits and trying to make them stick. Yeah. And as, as you can imagine, like Jackie said, it's really the inverse for getting rid of something. If you don't want it to, if you don't want the habit anymore, you're making it invisible, not obvious. You're making it unattractive. You're making it difficult and you're making it unsatisfying. We're not going to talk about that side of it. But again, in the book, he shares a ton about how you can create this for yourself. He has lots of great worksheets too that you can use to put it into action. So, you know, we started with just sharing some of the pieces here, but we think what was most important is being able to make this applicable for you. So what we did was, you know, we took actually our own habits and started looking at the things that we wanted to add in to be able to become the kind of people that we wanted to be. And then we used James's framework for laws of behavior change to make sure we could build habits in. So where I started was I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing and where I could add in new habits. So I did a little bit of a habit audit. So for me, that was thinking about what my mornings looked like, which is typically where I wanted to add some habits in. I put some in the afternoon as well. But for the most part, I was putting things in the morning and I forgot all the things that I do in the morning because I already have these habits set up. So it was a really nice way to look at where I could insert new habits through um, what James talks about, which is called habit stacking. So being able to add a new habit becomes a lot easier if you can add it to something you already do. So we'll talk a little bit about what that is. And Jackie's going to share more about that. And then the other piece of the habit audit is James also has something called a scorecard. So if you wanted to go in and you weren't quite sure what habits you had that were, you know, giving you the outcome you wanted or not giving you the outcomes you wanted, you could actually do an audit and then you can give yourself space to do a plus minus or a neutral for each of your habits to figure out what needs to be removed and what can continue to go on for you. And if you purchase Atomic Habits, actually, I don't even know if you need to purchase the book, but if you go on James Clear's website, I believe you can download some of these worksheets uh, that can help yeah. you, some, like the, the scorecard, for example. Um, but Leah, you mentioned habit stacking, which is one of, prob- for me, it's the easiest way to incorporate a new habit. And habit stacking is stacking a new behavior or new habit on top of something that you already do, right? So a good one, and this is something I've done for years, I've been flossing for probably eight years every night religiously. It was a New Year's resolution for me a long time ago, but I stacked it on top of brushing my teeth, right? That's an obvious one. You brush your teeth every evening, so I stacked flossing on top of that. So habit stacking is, again, just adding a new habit onto something that you already do. For me, the two things that I've implemented since reading this book that I'm just really excited about is one, I've now been taking my vitamins every day. It's something that I dabble in every so often, but now 
I'm able to actually stick with it because I've stacked it onto finishing my breakfast. I eat breakfast every single morning. And so my stack is, and he talks about making it very specific. My stack is when I bring my breakfast dish to the sink because I'm done with my breakfast, that is when I take my vitamins. One of the ways that I use these behavior laws of change is by making it obvious. So I keep my vitamins out on my desk every day. That is how I can be sure that I will will do that, right? And it also makes it super easy because it's not a hard thing to take my vitamin, right? So I'm also making sure that it's easy. One thing, Jackie, is you shared the vitamin piece, right? But what, what you all are hearing in this habit is she is deciding exactly where and when she's going to do it. Like, so those are the really important things that he talks about is where and when are you going to do this thing? So it could be, you know, for her, it's at her at when she goes and puts her dish away. For someone else, it might be, I'm going to be at my desk at this time. So again, when and where is really important when it comes to building a new habit. Yes, exactly. Time and location are really important cues to think about when you're when you're creating new habits. The second one I'll just add here is that John Haidt, who we interviewed a few weeks ago, told us both about the five-minute journal, and we've both purchased it since speaking with him. And I've been implementing this every day for myself. And one of the things that's embedded in the five-minute journal is actually a habit, right? They say you do it the first thing when you wake up and the last thing you do before you go to bed. So it's actually built into the five-minute journal. But what I do in order to make it obvious and easy for myself is that I put my journal on top of my phone at night so that when I wake up in the morning, I can't grab my phone because I know for me, one of my habits is the first thing I do in the morning is grab my phone. So if I have my journal on top of it, then I can't do that. So I have to grab my journal first and do the journaling. And same thing, you know, before bed, I keep it on my bed, on my pillow. So I know that I can have to do that before bed. And then I put it on top of my phone before I go to sleep. So making it obvious and easy has really helped in sticking uh, with this five minute journaling. Yep. I love that. And it's again, the obvious and the easy, it sounds so simple. It's not always easy to do obvious and easy. So that's why you've got to do it intentionally. The other thing that we found really great that I tried out is called something called the habit contract. So that's really about accountability. It's about the fact that, you know, when you say that you're going to do something and someone else signs off on it, you're much more likely to actually follow through. So I built out a full habit contract for my morning and night routines. And it had all my habit stackings in there, my rewards and all the things I wanted to do. And I sent it to one of my best friends who signed off on it. And so she sent it back to me saying she'd signed off. And now I know that she also knows that I'm going to be doing this every day. Now, if I'm not motivated enough, I have an accountability buddy who can say, hey, how's it going? Or if I'm not doing it, I then have this feeling of either disappointing someone else or disappointing myself because of the contract that's been signed between the two of us. So that's been really helpful in just spending the first you know, week or so getting this going. Yeah. There's so much power in sharing your goals with other people. One of the coolest techniques that I believe he talks about in the book is something called the two-minute rule. And it's really about mastering the art of showing up. So any habit that you want to take on and start, all you have to do is do it for two minutes. And what you're doing is just showing up to do it. So the the famous example he gives is the guy who wants to start going to the gym and becoming the type of person who goes to the gym. What he did every single day for a few weeks was just put his shoes on, put his sneakers on, tie them up and walk outside. And that was it. And he did that every single day until 
he mastered the art of doing that where one day he's like, you know what, let me just drive to the gym. And then he drives to the gym. And then over time, he says, you know what, I'll just spend five minutes doing, you know, pushups. And he talks about the compounding effect, right? You're, you're working towards that improvement, but you're really starting with showing up. And so, you know, something that Lee and I both have done is thinking about this two minute rule in our own way. And what can we do every day for a minimal amount of time? You know, and also, you know, use these other tactics like habit stacking and, you know, time and location, but is reading 10 pages per day, right? Both of us are big readers and yet sometimes it falls off. And so we really want to make reading a habit in both of our lives. And so what we've done is say, I'm going, we're each going to read 10 pages per day of whatever book we're reading. And this is equivalent to the two minute rule, right? It takes a little bit more than two minutes, but it's just showing up at 10 pages per day, which takes not a lot of time. And it's been so rewarding, honestly. And thinking about, you know, those behavior change, we talked a lot about obvious and easy. Attractive and satisfying is a little bit harder, right? Because how do you make something attractive when it maybe can be something that feels like a little bit of a burden, right? To pick up a book. Or how do you make something satisfying that doesn't have instant gratification? But I know if I read 10 pages a day for a year, I'm going to have so much more knowledge, right? So this is something that Lee and I have been playing around with is how do we make some of these things more attractive and satisfying in the moment? Yeah. And I think what's interesting about the two of us as we were talking about this, as we were thinking about how to share this is one, you know, it started as actually when we started this process of trying to decide how many pages to read, it started as 20 pages. And then we just said, let's just make it even easier. Like 10 pages is almost impossible to say you're not going to be able to get done. 20 pages feels a little bit more intense, right? So even that slight shift is just easy, right? Make it easy. The other thing that's interesting between Jackie and I is Jackie tends to be more someone who can look in the long term and say, I'm heading towards something. And so I know I can do, I should do today what will serve me in a year. I tend to be much more instant gratification based. So I go get that cookie because I want a cookie, right? And I'm excited. But then, you know, if my pants don't fit later on that year, it's because I've gotten cookies and been excited by my own instant gratification. So what I've been doing for myself is just giving myself more of a reward in the moment when I'm doing something that I want to be doing in my habit contract. So whether that's just like, you know, deciding, I'm going to do something that's self-care related or, you know, turning on music or something like this, I'm giving myself an immediate reward. So the immediacy of the reward can be really helpful when you're starting to create some of these habits that maybe aren't as familiar to you or are not aligned to the identity you feel you have today. Mm -hmm. It's such a great point, Leah. And James Clear does talk about that in the book around how we are wired for instant gratification. And so really knowing that and working with that, how do we then create habits that fulfill these four laws of behavior change. That's right. So we said this would be quick and easy because again, we got to make it easy. Um, So here we are, we're at the end of sharing this with you, but we really hope this isn't the end of your journey with using this framework, using James' work to be able to create the kind of life that you want to create. And just remembering there are really two really important things when it comes to this. It's designing your systems so you can achieve your goals versus just designing the goal. And it's deciding the kind of person you want to be. And we thought we'd end with this quote that we love from James, which is this. First, decide who you want to be. This holds at any level as an individual, as a team, as a community, or as a nation. What do you want to stand for? What are your principles and values and who do you wish to become? And we thought this was a great way to sum this up because this can be done at the individual level all the way up to community up to, as you hear, nation and as a group, we can change ourselves and change the world. 
So thanks so much, everyone, for coming along on the journey with us. If you're a new listener, thanks for being here. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Audible. And we will see you next time. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.